and welcome to Written in Uncertainty, an Elder Scrolls podcast that firmly in the grey maybe of Tamriel. My name is Aramithius, and this week we are on our penultimate volume of the Truth and Sequence. We are looking at volume 11, which is talking about the real and reality and nature and, and how all those things relate or maybe don't with the Clockwork City and the truth of Tamriel Final, whatever that may be. But before that, I just wanted to give a heads up uh, for what's coming after we finish the truth and sequence. I'll be releasing this lot as a string of 12 volumes all in one, just so that you've got the whole reference for the whole thing all in one go. And I will be doing similar things to the monomyth tales, but that won't interrupt the release schedule for everything else. I will be putting out once we've done volume 12 some bits and pieces on the chesarine and the charmat which i realized that we managed to miss entirely when i was going through the tribunal and various bits about talos so you've got those to look forward to after that and after that we'll see where the questions take us if you've got anything you would want me to discuss then please let me know give me an email at written at gmail.com and if you've got a burning question about the elder scrolls law i'll do my best to address it but in the meantime volume 11 of the truth and sequence The Truth and Sequence, Volume 11, taken from the sermons of Deldry's Morvane, 4th Torbillion to the Mainspring Everwound. By the word, I wind the gears. I hear your whispers, your puerile laments. Even here in the clockwork city, bathed in the oil of his divine wisdom, you cry out, where are the soft grasses and babbling creeks? Where are the heady wines and rich fruits? Where are the gentle rains and sighing boughs and swaying mushrooms? Like hungry babes, you weep. Where is the real? Ease your bellows and steady your gears. You must gaze now upon the brass-wrought truth. See the reel of Tamriel final, Anuvanasi. This is basically an argument about what real is, and I'm trying desperately not to talk about Morpheus and talk about brain signals and everything else at this point, but it's trying to suggest particular arguments about what the final layer of reality is and what actually constitutes the world as made up by Mundus. So is Mundus the thing that is all nature and the laws of nature, particularly if we think about the earth bones and the Etarda gears that have been railed against throughout pretty much all of these books, or is the real the final solution that is Tamriel final? Is it the final answer that Set's going to bring about and just burn everything else bad away and replace it with something good and perfect? That's absolutely something that has been pushed at in these books, but this is probably the first time that you see it equated with something that is absolutely real and a definite reality, that it's always been something that's been looked forward to and encouraged and is is something that's eventually going to happen, but it's never been talked about in terms of reality before. And the idea that Tamriel Final is the reality behind the Nern prior and the Nern, and the Nern ensuing is an interesting idea that 
it's not something that is alien that's being done to the world with set and the clockwork apostles transforming it but simply a refinement which we'll get to a bit later i realize i'm getting ahead of myself already but it's something that is another stage or another layer to reality and it's the layer beyond reality as opposed to some sort of reflection of reality which feels a bit like Plato's cave allegory I suppose for the real world but there's no real casting of the shadow in that sort of a way I suppose just to backtrack a bit Plato's allegory of the cave is the idea that reality is effectively the same thing as some shadows being cast on a wall by a fire and where you've got some prisoners that are bound and looking at these flickering shadows in the wall and that's all they've ever known and so they're convinced that because that's all they've ever known that's reality and whereas in actual fact you've got the things that are casting the shadows and the real things outside of the cave that are the real reality that's something similar to what Deldrys is claiming here that Tamriel final is what's really real rather than what people want in terms of soft grasses bubbling creeks and all this soft luxury what makes a thing real is it the blood or the sap or the beating heart is it the shrieking trauma of an infant's birth the low roar of the tides the roots thirst for water or the lazy drift of distant clouds no child of set hear the words in sequence can you not see that your fears spring from Lokan's lie? Those soft forms and gentle comforts that you covet are naught but corroded lies, fractured creations panacea that deadens the soul's forgotten pain. I want to kick this section off by thinking that panacea is possibly the wrong word. Panacea is a cure-all. So saying that something is a cure-all that deadens forgotten pain, it's not really curing the pain. So I almost would think that this should be an anaesthetic, maybe. But that's just me being linguistically picky. Unless, of course, Deldries is being purposefully ironic here. But there's not an awful lot else in the text to make me think that. There's also talk here about soft forms and gentle comforts. Which feels to me like a reflection of the original Volofi philosophy. You've got Veloth saying that the Somerset living is weak and won't bring about anything true and is not the purpose of reality and so on, at least if you listen to Boethia and her take on the triangle truth of Lorcan. but And that's why the Kaima left Somerset. They were after progress. They were after some sort of real reality and trial and tribulation to bring about change whereas the um, people on Somerset were just content the, the way they were and that was too soft and too comforted for the people that became the Chimer and then the Dunma so if you think about this sort of thing in terms of an evolution of Velofi thought you can see those lines here you can say that reality itself is a cushion is something that's soft and not and not really reflective 
of a true reality or at least something that is better than the current reality although the implication here is that Tamriel Final may not be all sunshine and rainbows it's just going to be a better place in some way that isn't really defined it's been equated so far in terms of mechanical stuff but for us squishy people who are organic that's not really something that we think about in terms of comfort it's not something that sits really very well with our ideas of perfection and bliss almost is what i'm going for here this the image that we get here of all these natural things it's kind of ah let's sit back and get back to nature and relax in the heart of some sort of natural paradise which is it's a picture of idyll rather than anything else um, and there's part of me that thinks is there's some sort of wordplay going on with idyll and idle here but that's purely just the words bouncing around in my head so it's probably not at all and in fact Deldries goes off in an entirely different direction but is Sothasil's sacred city not a replication, you ask? A nun in miniature? Hear this, Ash Child. The clockwork city is no mere simulacrum. The copper leaves and sculpted hills are not Nern's resemblance, but Nern's refinement, worldly forms made whole by the steady hand of the mainspring ever wound. The glorious unity of Tamriel final demands convergence, a Nuvanasi. And I just want to pause here before we get into some more interesting bits, but just to point out here that the clockwork city is being contrasted to the natural world and being said it's something better than it's something that is moving towards perfection and moving beyond potentially something that the natural world contained and was building towards but wasn't able to fully realize until now and that makes me think of one of the strands that's present within an awful lot of the Elder Scrolls cosmology that idea of Gnosticism that well in particular for Gnostic Christianity the idea that the material world was sin and that the ultimate goal of existence was to shed sin entirely and just become pure spirit that's not quite what's going on here but it's still talking about a transformation and potentially a shedding of everything natural um, everything worldly into something that's entirely manufactured and made perfect by a very deliberate hand if we think back to arguments for the existence of god particularly william paley's watchmaker argument the argument goes that god exists because there is so much order in the natural world that everything fits together so perfectly that it has to be have been perfectly balanced and created by a master craftsman which is god this is kind of taking that to its ultimate extreme saying that the natural world as it is just doesn't work and it's imperfect everything is wrong and part of Locan's lie but it will be perfected because it will become something entirely crafted the copper leaves and sculpted hills everything that is made is made as a machine as something that is manufactured by sothasil 
and because of that manufacturing is something perfect and what's more it's not necessarily a replacement either it's talked about as a refinement which suggests there's still something of the original in there somewhere and that then gets to the next point which is something that's a bit more than just a replacement but synthesis but we'll get to that the glorious unity of tamriel final demands convergence anuvanasi mur and machine made whole nature and engineering made whole the past and the future made whole in time all of nern shall be pressed and fired in this forge of set's blessed imaginings weighed and measured upon the nameless scales is this not the real is this not the redemption of the etada's sins do you see now the impoverished forms of the nern prior the cheap and hollow falsehoods that masquerade as nature's splendor and this brings us to that idea of synthesis Deltries talks about convergence here and nature and engineering being brought together into some sort of whole and culmination. It feels a bit like the way that Deldries has been thinking about the evolution of the Clockwork City and Tamriel is similar to the dialectical thought in Frederick Hegel, the idea that you can't arrive at a true idea until you have both a thesis and an antithesis which then will meet and combine to produce a synthesis. Tamriel Final is not the Clockwork City as Nern's replacement, it is Nern and the Clockwork City combined into something else. It's that thesis-antithesis becoming synthesis argument that's going on which fits fairly well with Set's general mode of existence from what we see of him. It's quite logical and rational, and the dialectic argument, the is it this? No. Well, is it this? No. Is it something in between? And that gradual progression, that that dialogue that um, is, it began with Socrates, but it's at its most obvious in Hegel. Um, that's the kind of thing that this promotes. It's the idea that any idea is not perfect in itself but needs to be combined with something else. It's in that combination that opposing ideas like nature and the manufactured world find their answer, so to speak. And there's another line in here that makes me think a little bit more about what they're potentially aiming towards with Tamriel Final as well, as well as it being some sort of mechanical organic blend that's going on. The line, the past and the future made whole. I honestly don't know what that's meant to mean, but that doesn't sound like linear time to me. That sounds like some other mode of time that we've yet to encounter, which suggests... A is it maybe talking about dragon breaks that you've got the past and the future all happening at once all happening together and being that single timeless moment of everything i'm not sure but there's also the notion that if there's a reunification going on here then it also reminds me thinking back to volume 10 of the sigic endeavor that 
least as you can endeavor is if you read Vex's teachings to quote a return to the first brush of Anu Padme it's going back to the beginning of everything when everything was at least vaguely a unity and so it's not necessarily a moving forwards in that sense it's not moving on to a bright future it's making the future irrelevant because time is irrelevant because everything is just one perfect whole at this point and that's a new way of thinking about that return to the first brush the scissor endeavor is an individual thing generally the idea that you understand the true shape of the arabis and are in some way enlightened because of that it's one of the steps or one of the ways to achieve chim but that doesn't feel like what's going on here this feels like a culmination of chim for the world maybe if i can use those terms that feels a little catchphrasey but it's about the best way i can think about it and kind of in line with the general dunma teachings we've also got it being made in harshness and in trial which is how this volume chooses to finish seek out the dry hard places child of set anoint your tongue with his oil fill your stomach with his nourishing grain cast out what was and fix your eyes upon the nerd come upon tamriel final anuvanasi by the word i wind the gears and now this is again a promotion of hardship as a route to perfection that you are going to dry hard places and you're going to be tasting oil which frankly probably tastes disgusting i've not tried engine oil myself but as much as it tastes disgusting it's a blessing and so you can use that to move forward that hardship and that foul taste is something that will then move on to the nerd to come on to tamriel final the one weird thing that goes on here is nourishing grain grain is an organic thing it's a bit of a weird turn of phrase that it still relies on grain although my thought is that grain almost means bread it's not you don't eat grain on its own whereas bread has to be processed it has to be ground it has to be made into flour and baked and mixed and all the rest of it there's a process that goes on with it and the combination of oil and grain uh, i've been reading through uh, the book of leviticus recently and some of the sacrifices that are outlined there are flour mixed with oil while the oil they're talking about there is olive oil um, it just makes me think of some sort of offering as well it's something that as well as driving you forward is perhaps p- hinting at a ritual within the clockwork apostles cult i don't know that's purely my supposition based on what i've been hearing recently but it feels like a nice symbolic way to end it and a little nod to real world religion as well which is always nice to have and reflect on 
And that's it for Volume 11. Next week, we are looking at Volume 12, the final volume of the Truth in Sequence. And we are looking at something which is possibly talking about the end days, possibly talking about someone's life winding down and everything that goes with that as well as a good dose of final judgment possibly and good old-fashioned fire and brimstone criticism from Deldries to round everything off. I do hope you'll join me for that. It's been fantastic reading this stuff through with you and until then this podcast remains a letter written in uncertainty. You've been listening to Written in Uncertainty, a podcast written and presented by Aramithius. The music for this podcast has been kindly provided by Jan Glenbotsky. Check them out on SoundCloud under Songs from the Lost Land, and I'll see you next time. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.